David, welcome back to our favorite segment of Beauty in the Brain. I'm here with my beauty, my doctor, Dr. David Haggerty, not my real clinician. I was but about I like to, to say, say <laughs> I need the disclaimer. Not a real doctor, not a real physician, not but a- you are no, but you are a real scientist. Real scientist. Whatever that gets you in this world. It gets me really far. Um, you know, David, you and I have talked about so much about what it's like. Um, you are newly engaged. So first and foremost, congratulations. How does it Thank feel? You. Well, I haven't posted about it on Instagram. Okay, so cut. <laughs> no, run with it. <laughs> if people find out, they find out. I just like, you know, I, I honestly think that the you're a celebrity. Posted, you have to be quiet. I'm about not it. a celebrity. <laughs> Love to be quiet about it. I'm like Aaron Rodgers and whatever her. Who did he Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I'm nothing like them. I think you and Annie are everything like them. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. I would like Maybe. to think we're better. Either way, congratulations. That's adorable. Can't wait. The last thing I posted on Instagram was the black square, and I'm very proud of it. I don't think I'll ever post again. I'm just going to die on that. I just think you should leave it to that and like maybe even delete Instagram or like put it on pause and then change and like make a whole new one. I archived like a bunch of photos. So like I think really? my grid is like eight photos. That's it. Oh, I haven't looked also, in a while. Twitter so. is releasing their like OnlyFans version of Twitter where you can like pay to have people see your tweets. So I'm never tweeting for free again. <laughs> this is a plug. Follow me on Twitter. I'm going to charge you $5 a month. I'm just going to tweet the same old nonsense that I normally tweet. Yeah, man. Amazing. I got to be honest. I would never pay for Twitter. I don't think Twitter's that exciting for me. I don't I don't enjoy it. Yeah, science Twitter's a thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's a nightmare, but it's a thing. Like, people, like, get jobs and, like, share data. And, like, it's like, you know, in the world of COVID when you can't go and see anyone. Right, it's right. It's a thing. Like, science is, like, the most, like, exclusive club in the world, too. Like, I hate it. So do you, you think cool. that I am cool like kid. in that club by association? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't That's know if what I'm I was really thinking. in that club yet, but like. Yeah, I think you are. Maybe there's a few people who know my name. I think you are. I think you're in that club because you are the star of Beauty in the Brain. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, like, hello, you have your own podcast. Like, it's- I should put it on my CV when I send it the grant into the, the <laughs> NIH next time. Be like, hey, star so of Beauty in the Brain. Yeah. <laughs> I have a degree. I've gotten some grants funded. Like, who cares what I want to study? I do this podcast, though. And I am the beauty of beauty in the brain. So, Um, like, no big deal. Um, But, you know, we've always talked about, like, what it's like being in relationships as you're someone who lives with bipolar disorder, bipolar 2 specifically, and I live with bipolar 1 specifically. So good. They gave it to me twice. They gave it to you twice. I'm so jealous. But you know what? I am number one. So I am the best. Like you're runner up. Like, sorry, David. You thought it's because it's twice, but you're just a just a runner up. So I love how they just like came out. They could have done like A and B, like other versions of like, I just think one and two is bad branding. I think it's bad branding, but also like they're waiting for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like eleven, twelve. Like you make that joke. That's a real fucking challenge to the people that write that book, and they'll probably take you up on it because there's no way they're gonna make it any less complicated. So if they're like, hmm, maybe we should just call it three. Do you think I'd get credit in the book? Absolutely not. You're a white female. Oh. You don't fit the mold. Oh, white female, no. Females, no, 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 no. no. You're too young. 
You're too pretty. But I want to change the world. Yeah, me too. But the greatest meritocracy in the world is academia. So get on board. <laughs> You're going to change it. You're going to change it. You're going to change it. I'm a big change from within guy. So we'll figure You're it out. You're a growing. Uh, you're a grower, not a shower, right? No, right? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> I don't know. Ask Annie. <laughs> I well, speaking of Annie, what um, what a great segue. Annie's gonna be like, oh my god, David, why do you do this she's show never with this girl? Ever, no. This she is enough. She already gets mad at me because I go to work all day and then I come home and then I talk to you and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I get it, I know. And I was like, yeah, I gotta talk to my fans. You have to talk to your fans. They are asking the only fans. They want to pay $5 a month for David Haggerty. Twitter feed, 24 hours a day. They are so freaking excited right now. But what is it like? You know, I was asked this question and I did um, like a short video on it on IGTV. And it was like, when is the appropriate time to tell the person you're dating or you're like, that you live with a mental illness. And my, excuse me. And my response was, I said, the second sentence is when I told Sturgis, he was saying, hi, I'm Sturgis. Nice to meet you. I said, hi, I'm Alessandra. And by the way, I'm bipolar. You can either live with it or like, let's keep moving. And he was like, okay, cool. Like no big deal because I had been through such stress before. So what was it like when you first told Annie that you live with bipolar disorder and what's the journey been like? Oh, man. Well, I have a similar story. Like, I have now, like, pent up. Like, I met Annie when I spoke at a mental health nonprofit about having bipolar disorder. Shut <laughs> up. I did not know that's how it went down. Yeah, I, like, I did this thing in college for this nonprofit. We did this thing. I spoke at their fundraising gala. Like, flew to New York on, like, a Sunday. Because I did it on Monday because everybody's off on Broadway on Monday. So, <gasps> yes. so we did, we like show up on Sunday, the day before in like Hell's Kitchen and this like raw space, who the designer, oh, blanking on it, whatever, like cool raw space, like setting everything up. Like we come in on Sunday, like help setting stuff up, like meet Annie. We had like talked on email before. So like, well, she already knew that something was up. Oh, so yeah. she was aware like what was happening. She was aware right what was right. happening. And then like I spoke and like part of the like we talked about the the data collection that we're doing for mental health stigma in college, like yada yada. But like part of it was like my personal narrative like weaved in. And I was like sad, like, hey, I have these diagnoses, but like here's the cool work we're doing and they're like real people too. And then like she's technically my boss at this point. And I was like, we should go grab a drink on Monday night in New York City. Annie is also like what, seven years older than me too. So she's like, Who is this college kid? <laughs> shut up she was like who is this child but i'm kind of really into it yeah she like laughed me off and i had to like chase her down oh <gasps> but see that's what a woman wants she wants to be chased down and was she was this the first time she ever dated someone with a mental illness was it fresh and new for her mm, i would like to think that all of her ex-boyfriends suffered something yeah <laughs> but that's Again, me being mean. No, but I mean like in the sense where you like someone that's open and honest about it. I don't think so. She hasn't talked about it. Right. But someone that's open and honest that talks about their mental health is for the first time with you. But we both have pretty bad family histories associated with it. And like it was it was actually I think it was what I needed at the time, too, because like I had struggled in so many previous relationships to talk about it. 
like yes I was young and like a drunk and like doing all this stuff but like and you having the time but, of your life yeah, but yes but like yeah, yes. just absolute train wreck 24 7 but secretly dying inside so yes um <laughs> So yeah, that that sort of summarizes it. So it was like, it was nice to start that relationship on that foot of us both being willing and open to talking about it. Like, it's really hard to hide what's going on internally. Like when the reason you met was a mental health nonprofit and like mental health stigma (laughs) work. So like being open, starting a conversation, talking about it, like, et cetera. And like, you know we had both experienced in our families ourselves, you know, so we were pretty first. So it was nice to like, not feel like I had to lie or hide anything. And like that, I honestly think that that lack of anxiety around that topic, like allowed me to sort of like be myself more. And like, mm-hmm. when things were not so great to, to sort of just call them for what they were, instead of like blaming it on other parts of your life and like spinning that web so like people can't like track you down like what the actual you know core thing causing all the symptoms are it was uh it was interesting you know like i'd never experienced that before did you have do you remember because like i guess i don't really remember but and you may not but do you remember the first time you ever had um Maybe not a manic episode because you are on medication. Well, you no, are no, like. No, 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 I got a good manic episode right in the beginning of it, too. Like, she should have left me. That was you know, props on her first thing. No, I was, you know, like my manic episodes. I feel like because I'm smart and my brain works in the way that it does. You know what I mean? Like science, you know, like I can spit all this stuff together. Like right. Sometimes I can turn into like a real wild goose chase. And I'm like dangerous enough in those moments to make sense because I like have the science and tech background to fall on. Yeah, you have the data. You have the data to back it up. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could, I could weave a convincing story, and it's not just me. You know, like Charlie Day and and Always Sunny, like doing the red things. But it was just like she saw it and she was close enough to it, and she was just like, "What is going on? Like, what are you doing?" Right. Just like. There's so much around, like, the people that I was, like, surrounding myself with at that time and just, like, oh, like, here's a white lie here and there and just, like, we're going to make this happen. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, it's just, like, off the wall. It's, like, I look back and I was, like, what the hell was I thinking? But just, like, I knew that I was, like, kind of manic in the moment, but just, like, total oblivion to everything else. And, like, you get that hindsight being 2020. And, I mean, like, being bipolar too, like, I don't have the monstrous highs. So like you're not like me. Yeah, like for me, it's like you know, like it's disdained. You know, like I did. I probably wouldn't have graduated college if I wasn't bipolar too, because like that was just like a big old manic episode that got me over the hump of like actually completing a degree and going to class. Wow. But like you know, I think that that like I hit the lows real bad. So like I came out of that and hit the real, and I like turn and look at myself, and I'm like. Oh my god! I act like a fool. I do all this dumb shit. Like I, you know, surround myself with people who were like trying to lie, cheat, and steal their way to the top. And I'm just like, ooh, like, not for me. Like I need that perspective. But she, like, you know, she saw it before I did, and I like had enough trust in her to be like, I believe you. I don't see it yet. And like, a to keep this relationship afloat because like I enjoy it. Like I will start to do the work right. to to focus on how do I you know like address this 
but also just like I trusted her to sort of, you know, like have the keys to the to the car that was me and be like, hey, like the path you're going down, like you haven't done any real harm yet. But like if you keep going down it, like things are going to start to get dicey and you should think about. Was that the moment you were like, oh, my God, I'm in love with her? I came way before that. But <laughs> I mean, it is like there's something super intimate about yeah, it. it is. And like, I feel like I talk to a lot of people, too, that like are in positions and fields that have like a lot of responsibility and a lot of, you know, stress involved and they're, they're personally suffering and like, you know, their rock always seems to be their significant other because they get to see that emotional aspect of like so much of my job, I feel like is professionalism. Like mm-hmm. I have this title, I have this degree, I get to spend your tax dollars on research that gets to change the world. Like there is some level of when I'm doing something publicly facing or presenting data or representing the university or representing the, you know, National Institute of Alcohol right. Abuse, you know, like, yeah, there, there's, there's that level of emotional sort of neutrality that I have to show. And like, yeah. she's the person that like, in those moments of neutrality, like when I'm standing up and giving a talk about science, like you don't know whether I'm like, deep down in the, the pits that day or like, I'm like flying high on like a little, little manic ride that I like to go on. And like, you get so good at performing. This is why I think I'd actually be a decent actor, maybe. But like you get You'd be a great actor. You'd be a great actor. You get good at performing and like trying to come back to that middle ground. But like your partner, yeah. I think, gets to see like they they know what's underneath that act that day and in that moment. And I think that having somebody who can see it is scary at first, but that's the thing that created that long-term stability for me because I didn't have that. Like when I was younger, when I was like working on these projects and, you know, like gallivanting across college and like trying to like start my research career and stuff, like you don't have that person. So like you put on that outfit and everyone's like, Oh my God, you're so great. You're doing so well. Like you, you have all this stuff. And then like you go home at the end of the day, you don't have anybody to share like what's actually going on. And I think that that transition is like super scary to learn how to incorporate that person in because like Mm -hmm. there's so many aspects of this disorder that's like, don't let people in, don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm too crazy. I don't want to infect you. There's like some sort of like contagion associated with it and like partly because of the stigma, but like also sort of just like culturally speaking. And like once you learn to let that person in. So what would you recommend to people? There's a great, this is like the one sociology paper that always sticks in my brain. There's this great paper called Shame, Blame, and Contamination, and it's all about mental health stigma. And it talks about like how people who are caregivers or significant others or family members of people who are affected with mental illness also get applied the negative labels of mental illness. You mean like people like, for instance, like Sturgis would get that negative label because he's in a a marriage with someone who's. And there's this like concept in sociology of social distance. So like how close you are to somebody with a mental illness will actually predict how others view that person negatively. Well, you know, I got to be honest. I totally see that because I'm so open and honest Mm -hmm. with my mental health. Like 
probably to a fault where it's like gross and people are annoyed by it. And I do see that the people that are in his life that he's friends with, you know, they find that out about me and they're like, Oh wow, that's so brave. But then it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry for him. Like, that's a lot. That's exhausting. And I'm like, that's exhausting. Like there are so many other things to be exhausted by, but you see that you do see see that. And I think that that is not talked about enough. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's tough too because like there are people that I know that are further along in their career in me than than I mm-hmm. that refuse to disclose what they're going through personally because they think that it will sink their career still. Really? Yeah. Like And they're in that field, so why should they be ashamed? And, it, you and, know? and, and not even just researchers, but like actual physicians who are psychiatrists who treat people on a day-to-day basis, they think it will sink their career. And their Wild. their response to me is, is that I have to be the one who's objective. I have to be the one who has to show up to work every day, no matter what's going on and like be able to pull diagnoses out and help people. And they kind of understandably think that if I disclose and my patients find out, they won't trust me anymore. Meanwhile, I'd probably trust them more because I'd be like, oh, they understand exactly what I'm going through. Well, that's the funny thing, too, for the people that do. And even that they don't disclose publicly, but like I talk about it so publicly that I have a lot of people that self-select that come to me being like, hey, I can't tell the public, but I can tell you. And then they become part of the club. And like that's the release they need. So like a lot of people are ready to go and tell the world yet. And that's totally fine. That's good. You know, and that's fine. You shouldn't push it. Yeah. It's not a coming out story, but like it's, it's somewhere adjacent to that. And I think we need to accept yeah. that, expect, you know, respect that and understand that, but it, it is, it's not easy. It, it's tough, you know, like, especially like those first order and, you know, those distance things, you know, like it's getting better over time. Like part of the work I did in undergrad, we like did these social distancing questionnaires where it'd be like, would you, want your kid to marry somebody who has a mental illness versus like how comfortable would you feel living next door to somebody with a mental illness versus how comfortable would you be if your boss was had mental illness, then we track them over time to see how they change. And it's like getting better, but like certainly not the rate that we need it to. Not what you would think. (laughs) You know, and like for 10 years there, it didn't move and it got worse. So like things are starting to get better now, but like realistically, like the modern mental health media focused renaissance didn't happen. What, 2008, 2009? Which is wild. So like you should see the data from 96 to 2006. It's terrifying. I get it. Totally understand. But like my personal experience was, is like I grew up, I'm like on the borderline of Gen Z and whatever being a millennial and like i live in this like weird space and like i look down and i see kids on tiktok that are only a couple years younger than me and i'm like what the hell like this is so foreign to me but then like also like i look up to people who are a couple years older than me i'm like you people are old like yeah what do you mean you don't know it yeah what do you mean you're not paying for twitter (laughs) right (laughs) what do you mean it's five dollars a month it's not a big deal um Yeah, no, it's really fascinating, but I think you're right. I mean, I know that, look, I'm not a professional and I say this all the time, but I mean, I'm really not a professional at all. You're like somewhat of a professional. I'm not a professional at all, but I will say this, you know, not everyone is ready to talk about mental health and their, their own personal mental illness. And that's fine. But if you are ready 
you have no idea how much you will influence someone else when you come out and talk about it because it's the, the people that it wasn't like the famous celebrities that I was like, Oh my God, now I really want to come out and talk about my mental illness. Yes. Carrie Fisher was probably the, one of the biggest Mm -hmm. influences for me, but it actually was this girl that I met at a convention who was, you know, showing me scars from, from, you know, hurting herself, you know, and, and just trying to relate on that. And, and to me, she was a fucking, influencer you know she influenced me i don't even know her name but she changed my life yeah you know so i think that you know obviously not everyone is ready to talk about it and you shouldn't be forced to come out and talk about it you know when you're not ready because that can fuck with your psychological even more but i think that when you are distrust you have no idea the power your voice really does have for the voiceless yeah and i mean like i have this similar experience too like I don't know why I started talking about it other than necessity. Like, mm-hmm. I had a really rough patch there at the end of my freshman year, sophomore year. Like, beginning of sophomore year, where I, like, it was touch and go there for a while. And I, had like, never talked about it to anybody. And I, like, went to my general practitioner when I came home for like a break or something from college and was just like if nothing changes I'm going to die and it will likely be Mm -hmm. in my own hands yeah and the only thing I know how to do is say that to other people and that's where I started I didn't have answers I didn't know what to say I didn't know what to do and I like literally you know like it was pre-med I just taking biology classes like i went to those people i like showed up to college office hours and was like i don't have any test questions like i'm a photographic memory which is super helpful you know like wild you know like the other i'm so jealous you know the flip side of that coin of being bipolar like i like to think that like they just sprinkled in like a little bit of like your life's gonna be so like, screwed let me up. Give you a little, yeah. Yeah. We'll give you a little, let me give you a little taste. So like, I mean, like I would, I'd crush tests, and I'd be like, I don't know. I like spent my entire freshman year just like cruising along in college. Like, didn't talk to any professors. Like, didn't you know? Like, if you want to make it in the research world, like you got to network with these people. And I just like never yeah. had any questions for them. And then I was like, oh, like I guess I should just go talk to people. So Gwen and I talked to my professor who was, you know, a medical sociology professor. He'd been doing stigma research for 30 years. And I would be like, hey, things aren't going so great for me up here. And I'm working on that part of it. But like, I also need to start telling people about it because like, if I just do this alone, it's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, you should help with this research study. And like, look at me now. Just like kept putting them. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, you just look at you now. A star of beauty in the brain. But I mean, like, it was just like, you just kept, like, I didn't know the vocabulary. I knew nothing about anything, you know? Like, as a math major freshman year, like, I didn't do, like, so it was just like, I, I knew nothing. It felt so overwhelming at the time. But I just, like, sought out people in the community that, like, weren't famous, that weren't influencers, you know, that, like, also probably felt like they really didn't know anything. And just like started putting the pieces together. And it felt, and they influenced you and that felt like your family and it was your community. And they influenced you. So it's, it, and like, I hear you with like Carrie Fisher and stuff, but like, there's no one that I really, really can look to besides like, I'll, I'll millennial myself here. I love Pete Davidson. 
Uh, this will be a hot topic of conversation. But I mean, like, his... I mean, like, I'm not funny. I'm not on SNL. I have zero tattoos. But, like, right. that sort of... The way he talked about it really resonated with me. And he was mm-hmm. never really quite descriptive. But it's, like, sort of like being in the club, you know? Like, when you see somebody feeling what you've felt before no matter if it's like a thousand miles away and through a cell phone like yeah. it just clicks you're like ooh, I... well that was like when you and i met at the convention or the conference yeah and you're like i know what that feels like and you spoke and i was like mm, yep yep check that box check that box check that box like oh and you were like this is the cool club i'm like it's the fucking cool club and i've never <laughs> met so many people who are part of this club and i like feel at home but it's true yeah. you know um well david you are always a treat to be here and i know the fans are just waiting to pay five dollars a month for that twitter feed and ladies and gentlemen, back off. David is a taken man. He will not be on OnlyFans.com anymore slash David Haggerty. I hope that's a real URL, by the way. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be everything in the The running joke amongst like me and my other graduate students is like, why do we get paid trash to do all this fancy science? Like, We should just start an OnlyFans. I mean, that would be pretty funny to have an OnlyFans for scientists. Well, I mean, that's academic publishing. Like, it's all locked behind paywalls anyway. No, but OnlyScientist.com. <laughs> was it like Only Farmer? <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I love you, and I will see you soon. Emotion. Al. Support.